Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Fighting Goat. My name is Arjun Chipalkati, a.k.a. Mystic Chips. And I introduce you, my partner, Somesh, the superhuman camera. Arjun, what a moment of pride. We are finally on the best podcast network in India, IVM Podcast, launching the best MMA podcast from India, The Fighting Goat. Oh man, I can't wait. And what a name, dude. By the way, guys, if you don't know what GOAT is, it's G.O.A.T. That's greatest of all time. And that's what we're doing here. The Fighting Goat comes to you to discuss everything that is MMA, boxing, kickboxing, wrestling, K1, Maramari, street fights. No matter what you see outside, we're going to cover it. If it has anything to do with combat sports, we will cover it. That's awesome. But Arjun, who are we? Man, I don't know. I'll introduce you to my first, my guest, my buddy. I've known Somesh Kamra for such a long time now. He's been part of the MMA fraternity for almost, well, almost a decade plus now, I think since 2005. I think we, we both got into the sport in, I think, around rough around the same time. Of course, you were into the business aspect of it. Because if you don't know who Somesh right. is, Somesh is India's first UFC manager and coach of one of India's first uh, MMA fighters. The first MMA fighter that went to the UFC from India was Bharat Daring Kandare. And Somesh is the one who launched him and got him his chance to work with the world's biggest organization. So, Extremely uh, kind words. Extremely yeah, kind words. Kind ke, Thank you so to much. Hai. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so honored to share the stage with someone as dynamic as Arjun Chapalkati. Arjun basically has a background in photography. But honestly, deep down in his heart, we both love blood. We both love that grittiness of the sport. You know, that 2002 to 2005 time when oh, we both man. got into the sport, Arjun really spilt out everything. And he is a veteran in the commentary box because he's been involved in the sport for such a long time. He's seen the Indian circuit. He's seen the international circuit. He knows the who's who. He's done it all. And I'm so glad to share this stage with you, Arjun. Thank you so much. Dude, thank you, man. Thank you. That was such a kind... Dude, if you can't see, people can't see, I'm actually blushing a little bit now, but I'm sure the video will be out somewhere. You guys will see us somewhere. No, but the point is that, yeah, it, it was such, it's such, it's like, you know, that I don't use this word serendipity very often, but it's it's a perfect moment to use it because when... I, I can't even say that word. <laughs> no, it's it's when both of us got together uh, to do this and, you know, we, we decided to sit down. We realized that India does not have a hardcore fight podcast. We don't talk about, you know, Very just true. fights. We talk about a lot more. We talk about the beginnings, the ends, our journey of fighting, how we got into it, how we fell in love with the sport. I mean, Somesh and I, I, would, I can confidently say this. Somesh and I have known each other for two, three years now, professionally. Right. And I think we, our first conversation was what? Pride? Pride was the organization Absolutely. that took off. It was in Japan in, you know, the early 2000s, which ruled the fight circuit when it came to mixed martial arts. And Very true. our eyes just lit up when we started talking about guys like, you know, uh, Mauricio Hua, Shogun, Noguera, Mirko Rampage Krokop, oh, Rampage Jackson. All <laughs> these were iconic names. And I think we were sitting, where were we sitting, Sobesh? We were sitting cage-side at uh, the Kumite One League in Burley, right? right? That's right. Oh man, that was a fun conversation we had. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. So, you know, now that the listeners know exactly who they are hearing and who they'll be speaking with, let's get on with the podcast, Arjun. Absolutely. 
We're going to split this into three rounds. You just experienced round one where you got to know a little bit about us. But stay tuned for round two as we come back and discuss the mixed martial arts or MMA year that was. We'll be right back after these messages. Welcome back to The Fighting Goat. You're listening to Arjun, a.k.a. Mystic Chips, and my partner, Somesh, Superhuman Kamra. Somesh, are we ready for round number two? We are live. <laughs> Dude, don't say that. Bruce before I kill him. He's already... No, he's a friend of mine. He's a friend of mine. He'll not mind. Even I met. Your friend is my friend. Who gets Whether we met on Skype or wherever. Point is, yeah. Oh, man. Bruce was... Bruce is... is didn't he just finish 20 years in the sport? That is... He finished... That, that's oh, insane. Man. 20 years of announcing in the UFC. That's just... That's something special. To be one half of a brother's team. One does boxing. One does mixed martial arts. And I think his brother Michael also must have gone, literally gone the distance, as they say in the sport. Absolutely, absolutely. In fact, quite funnily, Bruce is one of the oldest employees in the UFC. Uh, I think his first stint was in 1996, which is about four, four and a half years before the Fertitta brothers even bought it, before Dana White was even there. Yeah. We'll come back to this segment because there's so much to talk about when you talk about the iconic figures of uh, of fighting. Not just the UFC, it's... You know, it's when you talk about UFC, you talk about Pride, you talk about Strike Force, you talk about Bellator, and you know, it literally brings a tear to my eye. But before we get into that segment, we need to talk about the MMA year that was. Let's start off with one of the worst things that happened to, I would say, all of humanity and not just the MMA world was the pandemic that was COVID 19. It crippled the economy, it crippled the system, it crippled the fight game. But there was, I think, one man who made the world of mixed martial arts, stand up and take the virus head on. Absolutely. That man in consideration is the UFC president, Dana White, that did not fall down to the pandemic, but he stood up, he owed up, he weighed into his organization and he set up the entire fighting culture on an island that has been quarantined in Abu Dhabi. It's called Fight Island. Dude, that Fight Island, I remember seeing the promo the poster, the promo, everything. It looked like a combination between a vacation in Goa and some maramari on the street somewhere. Because <laughs> I wouldn't say that, you know, you know, that's actually the wrong thing to say because this is a controlled sport. It's a sport. But the way they showed that promo, it was beautiful. It was incredible the way they marketed it. And this was thread and it was, it was just bare bones at that time. I think it was sometime around what, March, where, you know, the world just got shook up. India went into its lockdown around uh, the 20th of March and the US That's right. US was I think they were still making sense of what was going on in the world right. at that time. Right. And I remember when uh, Dana White just you know everything I think what Disney made the call that none of the ESPN shows none of the UFC shows would air in America anymore That's would not right. be live in America anymore and Dana came in and said wait and watch give me a month. Well, Arjun, what does that tell you about the mindset of the person leading this organization? In terms of, you know, when everybody said, okay, fine, this is the situation, let's back down, let's wait and watch. This gentleman just went out there, put on a show and put up an entire facility in a barren land, calling it Fight Island. Dude, he literally took the beach. He found a beach. That cage was, he constructed everything from scratch. 
brought right. the right people in. You know, he worked with the government. Both Somesh and I have been part of, you know, the shows at a regional level. And Somesh, right. has, Somesh has been even internationally associated with the UFC for a long time. But right. it's, you know, if you realize what it takes to put together a show for one night. Now imagine doing that with a bare bones crew abroad in a country which is stricken by coronavirus with so many rules and regulations and medical tests to constantly take and to be able to put it up in record time is nothing short of fantastic. Well, you know, speaking of the test, I think that the last event that the UFC held, their track was 30,000 COVID tests done so far. 30,000. And that's the kind of investment, that's the kind of effort that these guys are making to keep the show going. In fact, if you remember, when the NBA had shut down, when that's baseball true. had shut down, when even Bellator had shut down, and in fact, the other organizations were calling Dana White crazy for continuing to have fights. And he proved why taking a risk is important, why it's so, so, so essential in the sport that we are today. And honestly, there is only one person laughing at the end of the day, and that is Mr. Dana White and That's everybody <laughs> working with him. That's true. And such a, it's such a valid point that you bring. You know, it's the taking risks and chances, which bring us to our next conversation. Because when we talk about the year that was... Uh, yeah. there were, it, it was a big risk to get into the sport. It, it is a risk, you know, anybody who's got into any form of combat fighting, whether you boxed amateur or you even went for a couple of classes of jiu-jitsu or you did kickboxing or you fought in an organization professionally, the fact that you did that is taking a risk to begin with because you will Very get true. injured, you will get, it takes a lot of courage to step in into that cage. And I wanted to nominate a couple of people this year that made their mark. I'm going to start off, Somesh, with one of the greatest of all times, a UFC lightweight champion, Khabib Nurmagomedov, who, oh, man. before we get into him, is this year, he defended his belt, taking him to a tally of, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, 29 and 0. That's right. And he lost his father to COVID before right. fighting. And, you know, that it just goes to show the mindset of the man, man. I mean, he has his mother's at home. His mother's telling him not to fight anymore. He has nothing left to prove. He's a multi-millionaire. But he came, he just put his head down and did his job. Well, honestly, you know, most people thought that this COVID time is going to be very difficult for everybody. Yes, it definitely was. However, as you rightly mentioned, there were some brilliant standouts when it comes to the sport of mixed martial arts. And one such human being, as you mentioned, was Khabib who really stood out. But Arjun, I have a second name out there. The person who fought twice in 11 days, oh, Kamzat Chimaev. Yeah. Yeah. Kamzat Chimaev was a discovery of COVID, is what I would say. Somebody who came out of the bunks, somebody who competed on short notice, somebody who Very finished true. opponents, somebody who has actually given the fans what they want and what they deserve. What a star during these COVID times. Do you know, Somesh, you and I were what? We were watching, this is not this year. This is maybe like, you know, last December, 2019, yeah. 20, you know, around that time before we did our first show. And, you know, we were watching um, tape on the guy. He was yeah. this, you know, this sleeper. We call them sleeper hits that come out of nowhere. Right. It's just right. given the right opportunity in time. And I remember we were watching him. And we were like, okay, this guy looks good. You know, he's not, he didn't look like star material as soon as he came on. 
Right. He was no Conor McGregor who, you know, the minute you just see him, you know you got something special there. That's right. And and Kamzat came out. Now, this is what I call, a, you know, a, literally a company man. He stood there. He told his boss, like, listen, I'm not hurt. If you need me to step in, I'm there. No problem. Well, that fight was on Fight Island. And, and it was quite surprising because Kamzat, in fact, had his flight booked back home and he told his bosses listen i'm willing to wait if somebody backs out someone gets injured last minute replacement i will stay on the island i will stay there i will train and i will step in for whoever backs out in any of the weight classes be it welterweight or be it middleweight true i mean arjun what a mindset what a mindset and, and you know the thing is that dana loves these kind of guys you know they, exactly was, you know dana loves these kind of guys because yeah, okay. I'm, we come, we come from that, you know, from a, a certain cloth that believed in the warrior spirit of fighters. It was not a business right. back then. The guys right. who came to fought the Vandalays and the Shoguns and the Nogueras and the Krokops and the Feathers, they were, they came to fight. Fight That's to true. feed their families kind of fight. So, I you don't know, winning, I, losing was secondary. <laughs> exactly. And even crowds back then never cared. You remember Pride's tournaments. One day, people used to fight two to three, three times, depending on how they won. Exactly. Three times exactly. in a night they fought. You know, in fact, I mentioned this on our last show where uh, Olenik made his debut oh, in 1996 yeah. in a tournament called Ukraine No Holds Barred. And he fought three times in one night and he won all three fights. But sadly, brother, this is the dying breed now. But <laughs> luckily, the sport is not designed for bloodthirsty fans like just you and I. <laughs> there is a lot for everybody. And we move on to our last prospect that came out. In fact, I would not even call it prospect. This guy is, I would say, if you are a modern MMA fan and you don't know who this guy is, don't be a fan. Honestly, just don't. Don't watch the sport. <laughs> if you don't know who Max Holloway is, don't watch the sport. Because Man. you are depriving yourself of some of the greatest joys that this violent sport has to bring to you. <laughs> Technique, style, class, tenacity, cardio, whatever you look for, you're going to get it with Max Holloway. Let's talk about the resurgence of Max Holloway. <laughs> Bichara Calvin Qatar. Bichara. <laughs> I will only say Bichara Calvin Qatar. You know, in fact, you know, in fact Max Holloway has achieved so much in his young career. He almost seems like a veteran who's 40 plus years old. But honestly, he's just 29. And he has seen it all. He has done it all. He has fought for the championship. He's fought people like McGregor. He's fought, he's moved up the ladder and fought people like Dustin Poirier on short-term notice. And he's actually put up a show. In fact, his last fight, you know, the reason why I'm calling it the resurgence is because during the yeah, fight... Dude. You know, he was talking to the commentators. He was talking oh to... Oh my God, opponent. I remember that. I remember talking to uh, Daniel Cormier. He was still slipping. He was ducking. He was avoiding all the punches that Qatar was giving. And he was countering like a beast. This man showed what he was maybe about three or four years back. And Arjun, he's just 29 years old. This, the sky is the limit for Max Holloway. And if this is the kind of resurgence that we saw... Like, okay, when he faced Conor McGregor, he was so young. He was, what, 20? He must have been five years ago. Five, six years no, ago. I Easily. I think I think he was 22 or 23 years old. There you go. Eight years ago, seven years ago, he fought him seven years ago. And still gave Conor a real, pretty tough fight. He, he did. He didn't back down. He, in fact, had injured his leg in that fight and still continued to go. 
and to see him become what he became despite the pandemic without the crowds you know the funny thing is that so in fight island they started letting in maybe a choice amount of 30 people especially right. which were primarily the staff of the place and you know support staff the coaches 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 and everybody was allowed to sit in the audience and when he fought it was so loud it reminded us of how it was when it was a packed stadium that's right it, it was that's so right. loud and both of us were saying wow what a you know it was it felt so good to hear people chanting his name in the crowd it was a treat right you know uh, arjun in fact the greatness of a fighter comes uh, depending on his or her adaptation and you know another great fighter that i would like to mention of course she's not fought in uh, the pandemic is amanda nunes but oh, yeah, you know of course man when fighters really tend to adapt to situations and they come out stronger that is when we can really call them a great fighter exactly like you mentioned khabib or max holloway khamzat i feel is yet, yet to be tested but you know True. he's you know he's more of a rough diamond out there it could go either way he has proven to the world what he's made out of and what caliber he has but we can still see more from him but honestly the three names that we took khabib max holloway and khamzat were the absolute standouts during the pandemic and they proved to the world and they proved to the bosses why they deserve to be there guys by the way you know what we these are our picks you got to remember that these are our picks so if you guys have any names to add wait till the end of the show we're going to shout out all our handles all our social media plugins feel free to come and drop us a line send us a message on instagram on twitter wherever where everywhere so don't forget to do that we probably have forgotten quite a few names but you know these are our picks so if you have your picks you come and let us know but you know it's so funny so much that you talk about when you spoke about guys like amanda khabib one of the biggest things that we we talk about from the yesteryear to the game today that has become and you see this in any sport you know when you talk about cricket when you talk about football we talk about tennis it's you know very few fighters in the world have something called uh, that fight iq and even it's i think i would not say i wouldn't just restrict it to fighting i'd say it's sports iq you know because right. you you seen like guys like virat kohli dhoni you got uh, you got tendulkars from the yesteryear who had fight iq before it became a big thing in fighting as well you see mohammad ali who had fight iq you in boxing and then in mma you saw anderson silva john jones gsp and now when we talk about you know the sport coming forward i think we have guys like max holloway and khabib showing us right a different way it's no longer a rare thing it's becoming the norm right arjun in fact you know you remember that when we sit in green room just before covering mm-hmm. the sony shows there's a lot of local talent that we speak about on screen we aren't permitted to speak about it because we are contracted by a particular organization so we just need to talk Absolutely. about them but arjun what do you think about someone like a ritu fogat someone like a sumit khade someone like a kantaraj agasa you know oh. these guys these guys are local homegrown talent that True. truly are making the mark on the international standards yes you know i mean no uh, you know like people like khabib and max holloway are in a whole new level but why not why not speak a little bit about homegrown talent and some of the organizations uh, Be- because our current organization ivm podcast gives us all the rights to talk about anything <laughs> mma you know the, it's so funny when when you mention uh, when you mention homegrown talent i got to give it up to when i started my career i started off with uh, the super fight league and then the super boxing league 
and super uh, and then fight lee <laughs> you know what bill dosanjh is going to love you uh, <laughs> um the the funny thing is that the funny thing is that you know you see um, mma is a tough sport especially yeah. in our country it's 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 yeah. still growing our country there's no there's no secret indians love cricket first more than any yeah. other sport and then yeah. you know kabaddi started taking you know started climbing up the ranks and then right. mma started climbing up the ranks with the super fight league and right now i see uh, organizations like matrix fight night who are making such great waves now not only yeah. taking the regional talent across india but abroad as well they had such a successful show in dubai where uh, guys like sumit khade and anshul jubli got a chance to show off their skills and they in their own right have become have matured and have tenured into such into proper championship material like what what a flying knee knockout by sumit oh, right shit, man angad oh, it was it was something that i i saw on repeat a couple of times it was brutal it, it was, was brutal beautiful i got my hats you know? off my hats off to uh, you know to and and i always have you know i worked in a small organization when i started so anybody yeah. who gives regional mma fighters a chance to thrive are always a one in my books man yeah always. you know but you know the thing is that even the business of mma is a very very difficult competitive business because you know whilst it does come with homegrown talent and you know we have to nurture these guys but there also needs to be a flamboyance aspect to it you know where you need to put very up a true. good show you know uh, it can't you know it can't be in some small dungeon you know where you have the best fighters just brawling away to glory True. you know it is it is something that needs a little bit of flamboyance you know so you need the lights you need the stadium you need the ring girls basically bollywood you know <laughs> yeah you know sadly sadly Sad. you know sadly you need that you know but speak i mean you know speaking speaking of homegrown uh, uh, organizations there there is there is an organization called jungle fighting championship in brazil that produces all the brazilian champions in the ufc very true very you true you know and they don't put up a very flamboyant show it's a very very small show in some restaurant or sometimes in a parking dude, lot dude, or you something remember, on those lines you remember bj pen versus machida oh man that, that was, was a war if guys if you don't know bj pen is simultaneous two time lightweight and welterweight ufc champion he's fought from weight classes that have ranged from 70 kilos to 95 kilos it's well, ridiculous you know i think he fought from what featherweight all the way till heavyweight if i'm not mistaken he went down but that was the last you know at the fag end of his career you know where right, he went down right. to featherweight but i would say right. the bulk was lightweight and welterweight very bulk. true very true and then jungle fights were you know it's you know i always believe it's the kind of talent that you bring out in an organization yes right. the lights the sound the flamboyance are important but that's an important i think that's an important stage ahead moving forward but initially i think it's the talent that has to shine out of an organization and uh, this and organizations like super fight league super boxing league and matrix are ensuring that the talent comes out and speaking about talent how about giving a shout out to our very own ritu fogat oh, who is in one championship one championship olympic caliber caliber wrestler undefeated that's I, you know you know when when she got signed on to one championship a lot of people sent me a message that oh do you think it's a right choice she's going to get hammered india's name is going to go down and i'm like yeah, guys love just the fans you know you know they just they <laughs> brutal brutal i mean mma fans as you rightly say are some of the worst fans out there however we love them but they are some of the worst no, no, you no. know <laughs> you love them i don't love them always because they can you know i being 
I know enough fans and we are, we are fans ourselves and you've heard me off camera as well. So, <laughs> you know, but MMA fans are like Manchester United fans. Trust me. Yes, yes. They're, they're sometimes true, worse true. than the team. Like every, the, <laughs> the team is fantastic but the fans are the worst. So that happens to be the case. God, I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to catch some flack for this. Uh, <laughs> but you know, but uh, while we're giving a shout out to someone I would claim as one of the best fighters to have ever come out of the MMA scene in India was uh, Kantara Jagasa. He's 35 yes. years old, one of the most well-rounded fighters I've seen. He's fought in multiple organizations and taken on both national and international uh, talent and beaten them uh, consistently. Right. And I'm so very happy that uh, one championship based out of Singapore has given Kantara Jagasa a chance to straight get into the one championship fighting pool. You know, and it's going to be a big moment for him because he has to really adapt, learn and move on because the fighting pool at one championship is not a very easy one. Oh, so, man, he'll, no. you know, he'll need to adapt. He, however, has all the skills it takes to move up the ladder. But let's see how this goes. So, honestly, I'm very, very kicked about, you know, the homegrown talent. Ritu forgot who's making waves in one championship. And a shout out to Kantara Jagasa for his first ever one championship fight whenever that happens. Dude, you know, the funny thing is, 1FC is making so many waves in finding the right people, like from yes. India, especially Indians in India and Indians abroad as well. Like you've got Gurudarshan Gary Mangat, who yeah. is fighting for uh, one championship. You've got Jeet Arjun Toshi. Singh Bular. Arjun Singh Bular. Jeet Toshi as well, yeah. who's yeah. Uh, fighting. Jeet, Jeet Toshi, unfortunately, has been released. Oh, but uh, yeah, yeah. But, but, but she fought, uh, you know, she fought for that. Oh, she fought really well. And I think Jeet Toshi was the first Indian girl to win in That's one true. championship. That's true. That's true. You know, so that itself, uh, you know, gave people the confidence that yes, we can not only get there, but we can win. In fact, about maybe five or six years back, people didn't have the opportunity or they didn't even think that they could get into the UFC. But when we got Bharat Khandare into the UFC, suddenly there was this belief that yes, we can do it. Winning or losing comes out later, but yes, at least we can get there. And you know, the thing is that sky is the limit for Indians because the amount of talent that we bring in, especially in wrestling, in, you know, in Kushti, we have so much, so many great wrestlers that naturally have come out of India. We've got two Olympians, both male and female. And right. I would confidently say that wrestling is one of the greatest bases to learn MMA. Because wrestlers control the pace of a fight. You see it. You see Daniel Cormier. You see Khabib Nurmagomedov, you see Kane Velasquez, you saw so many wrestlers through the years, you know, always controlling the pace of the fight. So why not? Very man? true. Very true. Very true. In, Indians you know, produce good wrestlers already. They just need, you know, the right direction. Well, you know, India is such a beautiful nation because we don't only produce good wrestlers. We've even produced boxers like, you know, Vijender Singh, who's right now fighting his next pro boxing bout in March 2021. True. So, I think there is absolutely no dearth of talent in this country. We have a lot of it. We just need to explore it. The fighters need to be of a certain mindset and we need to move forward. That's true, man. And speaking of exploring, guys, don't go anywhere because we're going to come back for round number three, which is going to be a fun, fun round. It's the MMA face-off between Team Chips, that's me, versus Team Kamra, where we present Ooh. to you UFC 259 and it's a card with three title fights. So don't go anywhere. Stay tuned for your chance to win tons of cool and exciting prizes. We'll be right back. Okay. 
Welcome back to round three of the Fighting Goat. My name is Arjun Chipulkati, aka Mystic Chips, with my partner Somesh, the Superhuman Camera. Somesh, are we ready for the MMA face-off? Exclusively on the IVM Podcast Network on the Fighting Goat. Bye. Bet ready. I am Team Chips. You are Team Camera. We've got three big title fights coming up. Three big Ooh. fights. I think it's on the seventh of March at UFC two fifty nine. I'm going to start us off with uh, the first one. I'm going to actually tell you all the fights first, Somesh, to well, get you all pumped us, up and excited. Let us run the audience through all the fights first that we're going to be speaking about. Yes, the sir. Three title fights that we're going to be speaking. It's happening exclusively on Sony Entertainment Network, Sony Ten One, Sony Ten Three, and it's happening live at the UFC Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada. All right, let's get started. First, in the bantamweight division, we've got Peter Yan, the champion, taking on Aljamain Sterling. This one is going to be a brawler. Well, Peter Yan, the Russian that he is, trains and studies and lives in Phuket. He is with a Tiger Muay Thai in Thailand, and what a run he's been! Ten consecutive wins. Mystic chips. What do you think? He's beaten people like Jose Aldo. He's Dude, beaten no, people yeah, like Uriah Faber. That was depressing for me. Yeah. John Dodson, <laughs> Douglas Silva. So he has honestly beaten them all. He's on a ten-fight winning streak. What do you think? Will it go Yan's way or will it go Sterling's way? See, firstly, you. I always, you know, it's there's a saying: until you defend your belt, you're not really the champ. And this is Peter Yan's first defense. He won the vacant belt against Aldo. Yeah, it was a brutal fight to watch. He is someone who is so technically skilled with both his hands and his legs. He's a little bit of a slow starter, so that's going to be interesting to watch because you saw against Aldo as well. Aldo came out very strong, and he actually, in fact, with one of his kicks, knocked him down. So it very might true. be interesting to see what happens. But Peter Yan is someone who can rally back, and God forbid he gets you down on the ground, he will make your life a living hell. He battered and battered and battered the former champion into a pulp till the referee had to mercifully stop it. Very true. But on the same hand, you've got the number one contender, Aljamain Sterling. This guy is, in my opinion, can do it. Somesh, he can do it. Well, Arjun, don't you think at some level, Aljamain Sterling has been denied the belt many number of times, and somehow he's never been a favorite. Somehow the UFC have never favored him. They've never given him. You know the chances that most other fighters have had. He's always had to struggle and earn that shot. Why know. is that so? <laughs> I don't. Why, know, my friend? Why? I don't know, dude. I love the guy. <laughs> In fact, that he's my pick, dude. He's the underdog. He's my pick against uh, Peter Yan. I call it Aljamain Sterling. He's a fast, furious, lanky fighter. He's got long limbs, and now I think he knows it's his time. He's taken this very seriously. He's not overhyped it. Yes, he's been there. He's talked at the press conferences. He's done the promos. He's done everything, but he is, seems a lot more focused. Peter Yan, anyway, is not the kind of person who talks. He just comes in there and gets the business and the job done. But I think Aljo Sterling has does it, and he does it. I can't predict. It's too hard. Maybe, maybe by uh, maybe by submission in round three. Okay, so Arjun's pick is Aljamain Sterling defeats Peter Yan in round three. Uh, Mr. Kamra, so what do you think? 
Somesh Superhuman Kamra predicts the belt doesn't change hands. It's a TKO. Peter Yan keeps the belt and still <laughs> the undisputed bantamweight champion of the world, the Russian Peter Yan. By the way, guys, Arjun, you cannot change. No, no Arjun, I'm you not cannot change. I didn't say I'm changing. I just want to inform all our fans, wait till the end of the show because you're going to hear what the prizes are and it's really fun. If I'm wrong or he's right or whatever, you're going to find out it's it's really fun. So stay tuned. Okay, moving on to the next one is yes. the Lioness. Amanda Nunez takes oh on my God. the Aussie juggernaut, Megan Anderson. If you don't know who Amanda Nunez is, I suggest you Google her. She is a two-division reigning champ. She is one of the scariest women that have ever stepped into the sport and is literally the most exciting knockout machine in both those women's divisions. Well, when Arjun says both the women division, we're talking about the bantamweight division, which is 135 pounds, and the featherweight division, which is 145 pounds. So yes, Arjun, as you rightly said, Amanda, the Linus Nunes has beaten the who's who of the industry. She currently is on a 10-fight winning streak. She has beaten the likes of Holly Holm. She has beaten Ronda Rousey. She's also beaten Valentina Shevchenko. The current, the, no, no, no. The current, I, the current flyweight champion. I won't, I won't give her... You know, the thing is that, that rematch, the second fight was very, very close. It was a split decision. It could have gone down Valentina's. I believe that Valentina won. But coming back... Okay, you uh, know, maybe, you know, the way, the way she finished Cyborg, the way she finished Holly Holm oh was, God, was something yeah. else altogether. You know, and the both of them... Were, both of them, I mean, all three of them were in the first round. And these were former UFC champions. Do you remember when people were talking about the return of Ronda Rousey and uh, yeah. she was to take on Amanda Nunez and a lot of people, I'm not going to say who, a lot of influential people, a lot of fighters all thought that she was going to be fodder for uh, Ronda Rousey. Ronda was going to come back and steamroll her. Right. And she what? Knocked her out standing mid-air in what, one and a half minutes? No, it was, I think, about 50 seconds or something. I mean, I don't remember, but it was, it was, lesser, it was lesser than 50 seconds. That's just incredible. And then you she's know, it, taking on, you know, a relative underdog in Megan Anderson. You know, we, you know, a lot of guys don't know her. She's flown under the radar. But Somesh, you and I have seen this in the past, you know. When John Jones, the former UFC light heavyweight champion, took on the Swedish boxing champion in Alexander Gustafsson, he right. came in with a little bit of steam behind him. He was coming back to back with on some back to back wins. Right. A lot of people did not give him a shot. People thought Jones will run through him in two rounds. Right. But you saw what happened. It was one of the hardest fights that the champion went through. He was well, busted up. He was hurt. And it was just a fight, man. Well, you know, in fact, uh, when you speak about that, Another fighter comes immediately to my mind. That's Dominic Reyes, where people didn't take him True. seriously. But he gave John Jones the fight of his life after True. the fight of Alexander Gustafsson. So yes, you know, a lot of people are counting Megan Anderson out of this. But ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you, it's not over till it's actually over. And this girl who's six feet tall, she's 31 years old. She may just surprise the world and become the new women's featherweight champion. Coming back to our predictions, Mystic Chips, where does this go for you? Oh, no, I'm, I'm not taking any chances on this one. I go with uh, Leao, Amanda Nunez, the lioness. I call it by uh, second round knockout. 
Okay, and uh, Somesh Superhuman Kamra is going with <laughs> Arjun Chipalkati in Amanda Nunes keeps the belt and still it's second round TKO. I think, you know, that's a funny scenario when we both agree also. There's a clause here. <laughs> I hope, by the way, I hope Mr. Cyrus Brocha, you're watching because this is very interesting but this part will soon involve you. <laughs> Anyway, you know, those are the picks for uh, the co-main event. And now we move on to the main event of the evening. We've got the UFC light heavyweight title on the line against the champion, Jan Blahovich taking on the current UFC middleweight champion. That's Israel Izzy Adesanya. Oh, man. I cannot wait, what, man. What can we say? What can we say? In fact, so, so, so many variables out here. I mean, you know, I don't even know where to start because on one hand, you have a striking genius in the Nigerian-born New Zealander, Israel Adesanya. And on the other hand, we have a man who has destroyed his opponents, who's currently on a four-fight winning streak, Jan Blakovich. But you know that city kickboxing camp that uh, Israel Adesanya comes from, they always seem to find a way. And and it's not, I, I wouldn't say, you know, it didn't work out very well against, uh, you know, with Dan Hooker when he took yeah. on Michael Chandler. But, but then again, you know, Israel Adesanya is one of those once-in-a-lifetime special athletes. When very true. It's, it's, I remember seeing him. I'd gone for a boxing tournament in, uh, in the Middle East. I was working in a boxing tournament and he was one of the, you know, he was one of the guests there. And I met him and I spoke to him and I, I'm a big fan. And I asked him, I said, you know, what was the defining point of your career? And he told me, he's like, when I fought Anderson Silva and Anderson Silva whispered in my ear, by the way, if you don't know who Anderson Silva is, stop watching the sport. Uh, <laughs> He is the greatest of all time. Anderson Silva is the Muhammad Ali of MMA. And and when when don't comment, Kamra, so much. I know you're laughing. You wait, you wait. Let me finish. It's an emotional part of my speech, man. It's emotional, okay? Don't make fun of me. Anderson Silva told Israel Adesanya that he now has the torch. I'm crying. I'm crying. It's, yeah, it's crying. You wait. Let Team Chips win this round. And then you'll see who's crying. Cyrus is in trouble. <laughs> that being said, the man comes in with a legacy on his shoulders now. He's carrying True. the legacy of one of the greatest of all times. And now has stepped forward. Ideally, when a champion from a lower weight division moves up a weight class to take on the champion, it's referred to as a super fight. And you will see very few of those in your lifetime. Very true. Uh, in fact, Arjun, who, apart from the great Khabib, who has a record of 20 and 0, and this gentleman, Israel Adesanya, is no walk in the park. He has, you know, had wars with Kelvin Gaslam. He has beaten the likes of... Robert Whittaker, the former champion, he has beaten Yoel Romero, he's beaten Paulo Costa, and these are grade A fighters. These are, you know, these are not warm-up fights. These are fights that will test you, that will break you, or that will make you, you know. So I'm just quite surprised that this man who seems to not have great grappling and wrestling has been just towering through all these great fighters that we call, you know, Hall of Famers. 20 and 0 Israel Adesanya in the middleweight category. I mean, what what to make out of it? See, I've said this in the past. There are sometimes there are some things that are just better left unsaid. Because I wish we could show you, you know, the highlights of what this man has done in his career. 
right. is it is nothing short of spectacular guys go go right now google google israel alisanya best fights on youtube and just watch you'll know what we're talking about this is a once in a lifetime special athlete and he's taking on the polish juggernaut who keeps constantly saying that he has the polish power in jan blahovic and this guy also do not sleep on him he will he will literally put you to sleep in one shot literally put you to sleep he did that to i mean dominic reyes gave john rones the toughest fight of his life and jan blahovic knocks him out in a minute effortlessly yeah yeah so uh, he uh, he actually knocked him out in round 2 but honestly oh, it just mistake. it just seemed like he knocked him out so easily in fact in jan blahovic last four fights he's had three of the most devastating knockouts that we have seen and they were versus luke rockhold cory anderson and dominic reyes oh man you know you know somesh uh, guys also be tuned one in our next episode or our next next episode they're going to be talking about the most devastating knockouts in mma all oh, of mma man. Oh, and man. that is going to be an incredible incredible episode because both of us are going to be jumping up and down our seats <laughs> that's going to be a 5 hour episode yeah yeah I, absolutely absolutely but you know so so now okay you know when you talk about this kind of matchup it is a very very big matchup it is a iconic monumental matchup and if you just watch it i won't say anything anymore you know it's there's a lot of there's a lot of history behind it it's it's legacies on the line and it's happening to cap out one of the most important cards of the year on march 7th so don't miss out ufc 259 but now it is prediction time my friend is it going to be team chips or team camera because i am going with the style bender israel adesanya third round tko oh man it's it's a very difficult one for me right now because i somehow i'm going with israel adesanya i think it's going to end in round 3 or 4 i cannot certainly say but i'm putting my hand on israel adesanya and it's going to be in round 3 or 4 the first or i guess may not be the first but the two division the middleweight and the light heavyweight champion after march 7th is going to be none other than the new zealander israel adesanya wow okay so we agree again okay guys now let me tell you the rules of this <laughs> yeah so basically okay, after the, the game chips. is over you're telling the rules right <laughs> of course now they need to know the prizes are no so guys <laughs> do not forget okay if you are following team chips or team camera please go to instagram and tag us say if your team chips and team camera and we will give you our social media handles if you want to reach out to me arjun chipalkati tag me arjun_chipalkati on instagram or at @mysticchipal on twitter and somesh what are your handles well if you are with team camera you have to go for instagram which is somesh.camera as simple as that and twitter is somesh_camera superb by the way so here the thing now if team chips is correct and i win you know i get all my predictions right i get to punch somesh camera on the arm or we will decide where maybe in the body also <laughs> who knows it depends on how well i win <laughs> and if both of us are wrong cyrus brocha gets to hit us and if both of us are right we get to hit cyrus brocha <laughs> well yeah so uh, the confirmation that i have is that cyrus has officially agreed to this <laughs> so you know uh, he doesn't mind getting punched or he doesn't mind getting leg kicked also dude i don't want to get punched by cyrus brocha have you seen him he's looking <laughs> ripped dude 
You kick our asses, man. <laughs> well, we can run faster than him for sure. <laughs> Maybe you can, huh? Zale, mazak mein uda mera. So yeah, ladies and gentlemen, our picks for the fight: Peter Yan versus Sterling. Uh, yeah. I'm going with uh, Peter Yan. Team Chips is Aljamain Sterling. Uh, for the co-main event, Amanda Nunes and Megan Anderson, we both are going with the lioness Amanda Nunes. And for the main event of the evening, Jan Blakovich versus Israel Adesanya, we both, Team Chips and Team Kamra, are going with the style bender Israel Adesanya. Awesome! And guys, do not forget to tag us in your posts. Please come and put down your predictions on the IVM Podcast Instagram page. It's at IVM Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you like this podcast, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can listen to us on the IVM Podcast app or ivmpodcast.com or wherever you catch your podcast. You can follow us on our social media handles like I've told you before or at IVM Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. If you like this podcast, do not forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can listen to us on the IVM Podcast app or ivmpodcasts.com or wherever you catch your podcasts. You can also follow IVM Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to reach out to us, as we have said earlier, on Twitter, it is Somesh underscore Kamra and on Instagram, it is Somesh dot Kamra and Arjun, hit it up again. If you want to reach me, Arjun, aka Mystic Chips, on Twitter and Instagram, Twitter is at Mystic Chipal, and on Instagram is Arjun underscore Chipalkati. It was awesome to talk to you guys. Stay tuned next week for more MMA, fighting, boxing, K1, kickboxing action only on The Fighting Goats.